let me say this to you because the Bible says speak the truth in love. Um, I, I made a statement last week that truth without love is brutality. Let that soak in. Truth without love is brutality. You, you, can, you can beat somebody up with truth. Are you getting me? Um, and, and love without truth is hypocrisy. Speak the truth in love in Ephesians 4. We, we need to understand, and I want to I repeat that again, truth without love is brutality. How often we have beat people up with the word when the royal law is love. And love tells us even if you got to take, um, even if you got to take the bad part, take it out of love. Love edifies. So how, give me some ways we can brutalize people with truth. Give me some ways we can brutalize people with truth. Well, we can be condemning. Why are you smoking that cigarette? You're supposed to be a Christian. Are you kidding me? Hmm. How, how do we beat people up with truth? Married couples do it. Wait, wait a minute. Married couples do it all the time. They fuss, they fight, they roll their eyes, they call each other out of their name, then they got nerve to quote scripture. All right, I saw a hand back here. Come on, let me let me hear it. Go ahead. Pardon me? Yeah, we do it all the time. Or we sit in a psychological place where we think we're better than they are. Right? See, Jesus blew everybody's mind when he walked the earth three years because Jesus, Jesus was like, uh, I'm going to a party with prostitutes, tax collectors, no good people, and I'm going to enjoy myself. Peter and them had a problem with it, didn't they? Peter, Peter, Peter and them said, we ain't going in that party. That's, how can you go in there? So truth can brutalize somebody without love. Speak the truth in love. Speak the truth in love. Speak the truth in love. Then, if we have love without truth, it's hypocrisy. What do you mean by that? Well, I made a comment Sunday. You know when I make comments, there's always these overtures. I said, in this church, we're only having two bathrooms. Went over some people's head, others caught it. Because right now they're fighting in court about transvestites. And I'm sorry, if, if my little girl is going to the bathroom, I don't want nobody in there with pants as a man that claims he's transvestite with my daughter. I, I don't want that. But now we're in the age of rights. Laodicea. It's all about rights, rights, rights. It's about rights. People say, I have a right to X, Y, and Z. And we, 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 we're, we're living in a climate and in a culture that's Christless and does not respect the moral law of God and have no absolutes. Hello. None. So how do you speak the truth in love? Well, e even in our witnessing, Reverend Walker, when we witness to people, we can give them the truth but be so brutal with it, you're going to hell and you're going to burn. Burn, baby, burn. That ain't God's will. That, that's not God's will. So Paul emphasizes for us, if you will, this matter of knowledge, verses 1 and 2 of chapter 8, then love, 3 to 6. But if any man love God, the same is not known of him. Let me, let me tell you what determines how spiritually mature you are, your extent of love. 
The ones that are unlovable and unable to love, they're very immature. The weak and stronger brother, we're going to get into that. We talked about meat sacrifice to idols was the context. When you go back to Romans 14, it's the weaker and stronger brother. The weaker brother has all the scruples. The weaker brother has all the complaints. The weaker brother has all the issues. Not the stronger brother. So in this context, they were actually in argument making fun at each other. Now picture 9th Street in South Philly. I'm from South Philly. Picture, picture 9th Street. You go up and down 9th Street. They used to have, they don't have it no more. They used to have all these animals hanging up because that's just the way it is in Italy. I was, I was stationed in Italy two years. They, they got all these animals acting up. They, 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 they call it the marketplace. So you got, you got ducks, you got rabbits, you got chickens hanging up. Now, in, in the first century, Paul was saying uh, most of these meats were sacrificed to idols. So Christians were coming along saying, the strong Christian was saying, I need to get some, I need to get some chicken from my family. Well, this animal was sacrificed to, to Buddha. And the strong Christian said, cut it down, I'm buying it. <laughs> Buddha, Uda, Chuda. I'm going to pay a discount price and I'm going to go home and fry this thing, Doc. Because I'm secure in my God. I'm secure in whom I believe. I'm not struggling with that conscious stuff. But the, but, but the weaker Christian said, you can't eat that food. That, that food was sacrificed to other gods. And that's just the way we do in church. That's just the way we are in Christendom. One condemns the other. The other criticizes the other. Okay, and, 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 and so it's the weaker brother and the weaker sister that has the problems. All right, tomorrow is the men's retreat. We're going to have a great time. We're leaving 10 o'clock. Pray for us. So let me tell the church up front, I'm going up to play Pinochle. <laughs> Pinochle relaxes me. I love it. I'm not gambling. And those of you that were taught that cards are evil, then we'll pray for you. But I'm, I'm not openly trying to offend people. But my point is that I have certain liberties in Christ. That I don't, I don't want to lay a stumbling block before you. I don't want to put anything before you that may cause you to stumble. So if I'm in a restaurant with Sister Gordon and I'm about to order a nice thick steak and a baked potato... And I may sit there and say, well, do I order a glass of wine or not? And um, for me as pastor, the answer is no. I, I, I don't want to order that wine. Too close to the church. So anyway, <laughs> I, I, I want to. <laughs> ah! No, 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 I don't want to. I don't want to. Thank you, man. Thank you, man. Thank you, man. Playing cards. You don't know what you're doing here. Uh, anyway, anyway, but, but, uh. No, but if meat offends your brother, you don't eat meat. Okay, you don't eat meat. And, and, and so Paul deals with conscience, verses 7 to 13. We went over this. Howbeit, this, there, there is not in every man that knowledge the same the, for, for some with conscience. And we, we said and established last week that conscience is that internal alarm system that goes off. When we're struggling with something. When we're struggling with something. When we're struggling with something. So how do we stay in line with God, stay in fellowship, and love each other? Well, I don't use my freedoms to flaunt them in front of you. I don't put a stumbling block before you. I respect the fact that you have issues with certain things. Are y'all getting this? And, and, and so one, one of the things that um, uh, Paul does, and I want to I pull this out. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, because this is an extension of this uh, rights, freedom. In 9-1, in, in Paul says, am I not an apostle? Am I not what? Eleutheo is the Greek word, which means freedom. But then there's another word that we use for rights, 
Eleutherio in chapter 10, verse 29. Turn there. 1029 is that really the same Greek word, but I say that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice the demons and not to God. And, and I would not, uh, that's, that's verse 20, I mean 19, I'm sorry. What say I then that the idol is anything or that which is offered in sacrifice to idols is anything? Paul's whole argument is, and we're going to come back to that text, that I have a right to do certain things, but my rights ought to be governed by a greater law. And then exousia, which in chapter 8, verse 9, which is another word for power, turn back to 8, 9. You got, you got deutimus and you got exousia, but, but meat commendeth us, I mean, verse 9, but take heed, lest by any means this liberty, and that word for liberty is power, this power of yours become a what? A stumbling block, exousia, to those that are weak. So I don't want to offend my brothers and sisters in Christ. I don't want to, and we got to be careful even with our jokes, our speech, our, you know, and you know, uh, a lot of things that we do. We got to be careful because somebody else may become offended. All right, may become offended. Um, and you got you to deal with that person based on where they are. About 20, 20 to 25 years ago, we had our church picnic at Garrison Lake, and um, there's, a, there's a lake there. We played basketball, we had food, we had barbecue pits out, we had a great, great time, and uh, it was burned up, it was about 95 degrees. So, I'm getting ready to get in the lake. So, I took my pants off, I had shorts on. My mother said, you, you're not going swimming in that, are you? I said, yeah. She said, you the pastor. I said, watch this. <laughs> well, in her mind, pastors shouldn't take their clothes off and, and have swimming trunks on in front of the congregation. And I, I said, okay. Uh, uh, uh. And you got to respect what somebody else feels is wrong. Are y'all getting this? Hmm. So I went home, looked in the Bible about the dress of pastors, and I couldn't find it in there. <laughs> and, 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 and so, you know, that's what we are. Deep. Deep. Um, the deacons across the street came to me and said, Pastor, uh, you preach the word, you, you teach us God's word. Uh, uh, we like to have real wine at uh, communion. Is that Okay. I said, nah, we ain't going there, Doc. Because all I could see was somebody, I say, all right, let's all partake. And they go, give me another one. I, I said, no, we ain't going there. We ain't going there. We ain't going there. Because in Paul's day, they were getting drunk around the communion table. And some people can't handle certain things. What, what is it that you have grown out of that you could not handle in the past? that you can handle now. What is it? Anything? Yes. Strip club. You've grown. <laughs> and this is my mighty men. Strip club. Okay. Only in America, Doc. Only in America. Okay. All right. Praise God. All right, uh, strip club, okay, so you're growing out of that. Yes, darling. <laughs> he said he hoped not. I, who had been in the big bands and had played the saxophone, and when he got saved, he gave up the saxophone, and he felt that that was the right thing to do, but then others would say, let's use the saxophone for the Lord you know, now. We had that kind of thing. And then, of course, remember the, broke, uh, the bonfires for records, uh, mm. the rock and roll records, they, they put them in the bonfire. Well, you know, it, some people don't have a problem with it. Absolutely. Great illustration. I, I, I told him Sunday, you know, my brother was apostolic, the one that died 
and he was deep in the music. In fact, James Brown wanted him to be one of his drummers. He was deep in it. He wrote music for Gamble and Huff and everything. And, and when he got saved, he tore everything up. He broke all his records. He gave music away to Gamble and Huff and them. He just gave it away. So he came to my house and he says, I see you still got your oldies. What you going to do with them? And I looked at him. I said, I'm going to keep them. <laughs> so we, we, we weren't on the same level spiritually. And, and uh, now I would never play them around him. That becomes a stumbling block. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Um, so we, we, we do have this thing of our uh, balance by love. Knowledge has to be balanced by love. And once you say, I have the freedom, I'm, I'm okay, be careful that you don't flaunt your liberty. And we can flaunt. And I'm going to tell you, Christians disagree in a lot of areas. Dress. Uh, um, you know, they disagree in a lot of areas, and we got to be careful. Typically, most of us don't arbitrarily try to offend people. It's a sin of omission. People have a problem with X, Y, and Z and, and, and whatnot. We just have to let love be the determining factor. Love balances out my sense of knowledge. That's the first principle that Paul teaching. And and love will cover a multitude of sins. Okay. Now, the second thing that Paul deals with, we're going to get on to tonight, is the second principle is in chapter 10, that our experience must be balanced by caution. We got to be careful. Let's look at chapter 10. Moreover, brethren, see, all this is one long argument for Paul. People don't know that. These are not individual sections and individual chapters, individual thoughts. Moreover, brethren, in other words, as a continuation of chapter 9. Now, before I go into chapter 10, look at <clears throat> verse 25 of chapter 9. Are you with me? And every man that striveth for mastery is what? Temperate in all things. Are you with me? Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air, but I keep my body and I bring it under in, into subjection, lest by any means when I have preached to others, I become a castaway. It, it is, it is self-crucifixion. It's keeping your body under wraps. There is a responsibility here of being temperate, a responsibility of being careful what you do. And then so Paul goes into the next thought, moreover, chapter, chapter 10, here we go, and, and the principle changes in the moreover. Moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant. How that all of our fathers, and, and, and this, this is so interesting, count how many times the word all is used. All of our fathers were under the cloud. He's talking about the book of Exodus when he was leaving Egypt. Chapter 12 was the Passover, and all passed through the Red Sea. Are you getting that? And were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and did all eat the same spiritual meat, and did all drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. What a, what a, what a, what a, what a, what a word. And in the first four verses, what Paul is establishing are privileges that Old Testament saints had. But what do you mean by privileges? Well, privileges, amen, in verse 4, all, all were under the cloud, all were passing through the Red Sea, all were baptized under Moses, all drank of that rock, uh, that spiritual me, all drank of that rock, that rock is Christ. And, and the all denotes privileges. They had a multiplicity of privileges. And only the mature can have privileges and understand there's a need for caution. 
Only, only the spiritually mature can understand that. God has given us a lot of privileges. A whole lot of privileges. My God. We can't be reckless with our privileges. We just can't be reckless with our privileges. I, I, Paul, Paul begins to deal with these, you know, where much is given, much is required. That's a principle. Privileges are no guarantees to success. And in the first four verses, the dangers against their maturity is an attitude of overconfidence. Here's what Paul is saying. Don't become overconfident when you're enjoying the privileges you have in Christ. Because we can. We can. We can take stuff for granted that comes under grace. God don't have to wake you up tomorrow. God doesn't have to start you on your way. Do I have a witness? I can wake up tomorrow and have a lump or have a pain, and I can go to the emergency room, and they say, uh, we got bad news. You got a major um, tumor. But we cannot take life for granted. We cannot take, we cannot use our privileges in the wrong sense. We got, we, we, we got to understand what our privileges are, and uh, we got to, we got to be cautioned by the privilege that God has afforded us. My God. James says, your life, my life is like a vapor that vanishes away. So be careful when you make plans for the future. What you ought to say is, if it's the Lord's will. May not be the Lord's will. Now, Sunday I was dealing with systematic theology, and I used the acronym TULIP. And, and I saw, you know, faces out there, you know, the concepts are in the Word of God. It doesn't say TULIP in the Bible, but total depravity is in the Bible. Man is totally depraved. There, there are no pieces of good and pieces of evil. You're, you're either a sinner that's going to hell or you're saved. The man, man, man is totally depraved. Now, all men do not live out the fullest degree of their depra depravity. So you can get caught up in this lie. Well, I ain't shooting nobody in the head. I ain't robbing nobody. I ain't raping nobody. Well, that's just another degree. But inwardly, we are totally depraved. We can do, we, let, let, listen to me. In this Adamic nature, we can do anything. Because it's against God. So we are, we are totally depraved. That's the T. And then the, I, the, the U is what? Unconditional what? Election. I got a problem with election. Well, God bless you. Go and read your Bible. Start in Romans 9. Where God said, you didn't choose me. In, in John 15, you didn't choose me, I chose you. Go to Romans 9 where God says, I'm the potter, you're the clay. Go, go, go there, go to Jeremiah 1 when God told Jeremiah, I knew you before you were born. And I called you before you came out your mother's womb. You, when you put all the scriptures together, God, 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 there, there is unconditional Election. You weren't elected because you're going to be a good person. You were elected because God said, I will choose whom I will choose and whom I will. Now, what, now watch this now. I will harden. Now, now let me tell you, Philadelphia College of Bible, 1979, Dr. John McGay, my main prof, 4.0 student out of Dallas. Here's what he taught. He taught double predestination. You know a double predestination? Just like God predestined you to go to heaven, he predestined us to go to hell. You can't have one without the other. If God predestined us to go to heaven, then he had to, had something to say about where the rest of them are going. Oh, I'm preaching up in this place. Y'all need to stop listening to all these doctrines of all these denominations. They don't know what they're talking about. Because the whole theology is on a feeling. If I live right, heaven belongs to me. Are you kidding me? You take one step, God will take two. Benjamin Franklin said that. That ain't in the Bible. 
So the, the U was for what? Unconditional election. And then the L was for limited. Oh, Lord. Let me get my glasses off. And his name shall be called Jesus. Matthew 121. For he shall save his people from their sins. What are you going to do with that personal pronoun? His people. If God died for everybody, then ain't nobody going to hell. Are y'all getting this? They're looking at me funny. See, what, 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 I'm say, what, what I'm saying, what it ought to do is make you go home and start crying and fall on your knees and say, Lord, I'm not worthy. I don't, know, I don't even know why you saved me. I don't know why you woke me up. I don't know why you put me on a street called straight. I don't know why you died in my place. And Jonah says, in the book of Jonah, salvation is of the Lord. Meaning God orchestrates who gets saved. This thing is tough. T-U-L. What is the other I? Irresistible grace. Now, you say, well, I'm not a five-point Calvinist. Pastor's a five-point. Well, I'm about four and a half. What is irresistible grace? When God calls you, you got to come. Here's God saying, amen, I'm saying, I don't want you. Where's that in the Bible where somebody turned around and told God, nah, it ain't happening. And then the last one's the perseverance of the saints. P, perseverance of the saints. We, we are kept, Peter said, by the power of God. The only reason I don't have a needle in my arm tonight, only reason I'm not back into fornication and the only reason I'm not out in the street getting high is because grace. The Holy Spirit is holding me together. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory. Now you can take that little theology you were taught in them little uh, country churches and all them little denominations, and it's fine. We love them. They love the Lord. A lot of stuff, a lot, lot of stuff people believe is, is, is not biblical. It's not biblical. Jesus was on the cross, said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Who's he talking about? You say, well, he's talking about everybody. Yeah, well, hell should have been closed up that night. You go to Luke chapter 16 about Lazarus and the rich man, the rich man was suffering in hell. And we don't, we don't preach on hell no more. Well, don't do it. It's not something people want to hear. And we don't want to preach on hell, but we don't tell folk to go to hell. You actually told folk, hey, I'm putting you in a place I don't believe in. Why are we establishing this? And I'm not asking you to be a five-point Calvinist. I'm not asking you to be a four-point Calvinist. I know you struggle with these concepts. Uh, just like Genesis 6, it was taught in our lesson. Genesis 6 is not no sons of Cain. You got to be a Bible student. Sons of God in the, in the Old Testament are angels. Sons of God in the New Testament are, 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 are wait a minute. Sons of God in the Old Testament are angels. Servants in the Old Testament are men. When you get to the New Testament, it switches around. Sons of God in the New Testament are born again believers, and servants are angels. So when you look at um, Job 37, and compare it with Genesis 6. And the sons of God in Job 37 shouted for joy at creation. Meaning, before God made the universe, he had the angelic host in place. And as God made in the six days of Genesis, making uh, the heavens and the earth and the water, and in his six days of creation, the angels start shouting over the wisdom of God. Lucifer, too. All of them were shouting. But in Genesis 6, there was a defection. There was an apostasy. All the angels didn't defect. A detachment of angels cohabitated with women. They demonized the seed. Why? Because in Genesis 3, God made a promise about the seed. 
I'm sending the seat. The same woman that you deceived, the same woman that you caused the sin through her seed, the seed will come and destroy your seed. So here goes Satan saying, all right, I got I to gotta mess the seed up. You got you to gotta, you gotta understand the, um, the whole Bible is about Jesus. Search the scriptures, and the word scripture means Old Testament. Search the scriptures for they speak of me. He is the atonement of, of Leviticus 16. He is the Passover of Exodus 12. He's the rock that followed Israel. Are y'all getting this? So, by the time we get to the New Testament, God has given us the grace of revelation. <clears throat> there, there's, uh, in the Old Testament, the New Testament is concealed. In the New Testament, the Old Testament is revealed. You cannot make sense of the Old Testament until you get into the New Testament where God has pulled the cover back on Revelation. <sighs> well, Jesus, who do you think you are? Um, are you greater than Moses? Uh, I was the burning bush that Moses came up to visit. Are you greater than Abraham? Before Abraham was, I am. And by the way, Abraham was glad to see my day. But what about David? Well, the only reason David was spared is because he's in my line of birth. But when, when, you, when you, if you study this word, your faith will be so strong, you will be unmovable, when you really study this word. That's why Bible study is so important. We come to church on Sunday and get a whiff of something and go out the door. And we don't understand the, the magnitude of truth and what truth has done. It messes me up to think that I was dispatching angel, Hebrews 1.14, at birth. Hebrews 1.14. I was given an angel at birth. And all through my life, my military life, my unsaved life, I'm in clubs, getting drunk, getting high, you know, doing my thing, and that angel was right there. I can't take that now. Because I know the places I went. I didn't even think an angel would want to be on the same block. Oh, you all understand what I'm trying to say? Look how magnificent God is. God tells my angel, Raymond Gordon is part of the elect. Make sure you bring him back to glory safe. Giantness. So that means when we were out there acting, as my grandmother say, acting a fool, that angel was warding things from around you. That angel was fighting battles for you. That angel didn't allow things to get in you or on you. Can I get away? And you and I weren't even saved. But he knew somewhere up the line, I'm talking about tulip tonight. He knew somewhere up the line you was going to be saved. But that angel went in and out of places and that angel was holy. Going in and out of unholy places. Watching you in bed with unholy people. I'm preaching up in this place tonight. That angel was just standing there with you. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. And then when you got saved and came to your senses, the angel's still with you. And when you die and get the glory, the angel going to stand at attention in front of Jesus and say, Oh, commanding chief, I did my job. I brought him all the way to glory, safely, through many dangers, tolls, and snares. I've already come, Lord Jesus. That's why the songwriter said, when I think about 
the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, my soul. I left work years ago, probably 15 years ago, got in my car going up to Wawa. These young boys from high school crossed the yellow line, head-on collision. My, 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 my wrist immediately broke. The airbag came out. I'm sitting there in my car. And I heard people say, oh, my God, oh, my God. Folk was running out the church. Pastors in action. I was on 322 like this. My, bro my, 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 my wrist was broke. And I'm sitting there in a daze. And I felt something say to me, I'm not ready for you yet. <clears throat> Lord have mercy. It's nobody but Jesus. Nobody but Jesus. And when he's ready for you, you can be on your couch. <laughs> you ain't got to be in no car accident. You can be on your couch. Do I have a witness? The, the fact of the matter is, is that, uh, and, and listen, while you and I are still here, we got work to do. God didn't leave you here just to be living. He, he left you here to do work for the kingdom. So let's deal with this privileges and, and, and whatnot that here's the key, first four verses, chapter 10, privileges are no guarantee of success. They had a lot of privileges and, and in verses five, five to 12 of chapter 10, good beginnings do not always guarantee good endings. Now let's look at this, look at verse five. Are you with me? Chapter 10, pastor trying to teach you. But with many of them, God was what? Not well pleased, for they were overthrown, Greek word, catastrophe. They were overthrown in the what? Now, what is God, what is the context of he's talking about? He's talking about the book of Exodus. And then there's a principle in Romans 15, 4 that says that the things that happen aforetime happen for our ammunition. Admonition. The word admonition means warning. Everything in that Old Testament, God said, you know what? I'm going to have this stuff recorded so when the New Testament Christians belonging to the church reads the Old Testament, they can see something about God. Job was tested. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was taken into captivity. Are you getting this? David was chased. David fell. David messed up. Solomon was a nut. God says, I'm going to let him read all of this for the admonition. So when we study the Old Testament, there are some warning signs there. There, there are warning signs. A bridge freezes when it's cold. There are warning signs. Sharp curve when you go around. There are some warning signs. The Old Testament's full of them. Don't make the same mistake they made. They had privilege, but they had no responsibility. And that's part of growing up. I was saying the singles tonight. And, and some of it comes with age, it's chronological, but some of it comes with wisdom. Some of it comes with learning the word. As we get older, we, um, maturity is me accepting things that I may not like. That's part of a mature person. Only a child except what they like, right? Right? Come on, eat your vegetables, Don. I don't like that. Boom! You know. Um, my God. The way I was raised has had a major impact on not only my pastoring, but my personal positioning in Christ. Now, I keep going back to this. I don't agree with everything, even now. But I, I'm starting to understand what them old folk knew that we don't know. We had curfews. We had rules. 
small. We had chores. We had a certain way of talking. You never said what to your mother and father. You never called them by their first name. Come on now. Are y'all praying with us? You didn't act up at school. Those people raised us with the initiative of this, that a child is seen and not heard. I don't ever remember my parents saying, so what do you think we ought to do for vacation? <laughs> First of all, there was no vacation. We went down, we went down to Fairmount Park, went down the lakes. Yeah. I'll never remember getting on no boat, no plane, going nowhere. I had no vacation growing up. We taking two and three vacations. Someone's got vacation houses. Well, where are we going this summer? Nowhere. <laughs> September, you go back to school. <laughs> Mommy, can I get a, my friend a drink of water? Let him go home. They live down the street. They live down the street. They, they ain't got to come up in here. Well, yeah. Man, that's some funny stuff now. I can look back and laugh now. I said, I'll never bring a girl around my house. Never. Never. I mean, just, but what was in their heart when they was raising us? Reverence. Reverence. Now, do I agree with it all? No. No, 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 no. And those of us that have tried to go in a different direction with our children, we got a, we got a big surprise, didn't we? We found out that although we're lenient, they didn't really appreciate it. They sassied you. They said what you couldn't say. There's something about the past that helps us to better see the future. Isn't that right? Something, something that was instilled in us. Um, that helps us to better see the future. Now, let, let, me, let, me, let me deal with um, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 as we, so we, you know, this, this, this principle. I, w I want you to see this principle in 1 Corinthians 10. It says, uh, now these things, verse 6, were our examples to the intent we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Okay, we shouldn't lust as they lusted. All right, he's, he's still going back to the past. Neither should we become idolaters as some of them, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to what? The word play means orgy. Exodus 32, they had an orgy. Uh, excuse me. Moses took Joshua. Joshua was his understudy. He said, wait here. Moses went to the top met with God, came down with the commandments. And when he got back midway with Joshua, he said, what's that noise? The noise was they had grabbed Moses' brother Aaron and said, make us a golden calf. Moses is taking too long, so we need another God. Remember that? They were overthrown in the wilderness. So they had privilege, but they, they had no sense of precaution. And, and uh, see, see, I already know, you know, some of, our past, some, of our, some of us pastors, we, you know, we kid with this. If I went back in the world full throttle, I'd die immediately. Why? Because you got too much light. The more light that God gives you, the more hurdles you got to jump over. Are y'all understand what I'm saying? You got too much light to go all the way back there. I could never go in a club and, and enjoy myself anymore. I could never go to a cabaret and enjoy myself. I could never just drink, 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 or get high and, and just go from hotel to hotel fornicating. Why? Because there's a seed in me. There's something in me. There's a convictor. Are, are you? So, so listen, here's the thing. And once I found out that I couldn't enjoy the stuff I used to enjoy, it was no use doing it. 
That was the only reason I did it. Right? And it was the same old, same old, same old, same old, and it did not do anything for us. The eagle flies on Friday. That means you work all week, you come home, you got your money, you take a shower, you take a shower, you get all dressed up for Friday night. Right? You go out looking great. You go in the club, you go in the bar, you sit there, you order your drink, you're smiling, you're talking to somebody, and three o'clock, place closed up, four o'clock. Half of y'all went back home alone. And, 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 and when you woke up Saturday, you were no better off than you were that Friday. There was no fulfillment in the world. So why should I go back when I can no longer enjoy what I enjoyed with my one nature? I was, I was, I was going through my daily news and they said, there's a place on 43rd and Lancaster Avenue called Pope. Poor Boys Barbecue. I said, Poor Boys? When I was stationed in D.C. in 72, Andrews Air Force Base, they had a place in D.C. called Poor Boys Barbecue. Everybody in Maryland and D.C. went there on Friday night. The place was packed. The best barbecue you ever tasted. So I'm saying, I wonder if that's an extension of that. Now, I'm going up Lancaster Avenue. After I load up my gun. I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going, no, I'm going to Blankston Avenue to try to get me some barbecue. If that's the same po' boys that they had in D.C., man, are you kidding me? Great stuff. But what happened in D.C.? We drink all night. Militaries, NCO club, downtown, we drink all night. Come on, guys, we hungry. We, we, look, we going, we going to the restaurant at 4 o'clock in the morning. Here come them G.I.s. We getting something to eat, go back to the barracks, and we enjoyed that. We can't enjoy that no more. What you and I used to do, we cannot enjoy anymore. The trick of Satan is you can still enjoy it. You cannot enjoy it. Why? Because you didn't have the Holy Ghost in you. You weren't saved. Your name was not written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Oh, you can try to get your way through it. You cannot enjoy sin any longer. Why? Because the comforter becomes a discomforter. You can't go back. You can't go back. Preacher, you talking, I, I tried. Told you about a little episode. I went out on a Friday night. I was going to Bible study every Friday night from 6.30 to 8 under uh, Pastor Ruffin, 50 from Spruce. I got tired. I got dressed. I went out. I walked in the club about 11 o'clock at night. And people in the club said, man, where you been? I said, laying low. First of all, I lied. I had given my life to Christ. I said, laying low. I sat at the bar. It was packed in there. Let me buy you a drink, man. And I took the glass, and I said, I'm sick of this. I was, I was mad with God. I'm sick of this life. I'm going back. So I took the drink, and I went like that, and my hand got to shake. And if I never heard the voice of Jesus, I heard it that night. Here's what Jesus said, unlike church folk. Jesus said, my son, I understand. I love you. Come on home. Put the drink down. Tears coming down my face. I got in my car and went on home. I actually tried to go back. Couldn't do it. I gave you the story when I was playing baseball. North Philly. Code 45. Court. It was 95 degrees outside. Uh, stuff coming down the bottle. And the barmaid said, Excuse me, you don't look like you belong here. I had my baseball uniform on. And after I drank my beer, I went home. <laughs> but see, I tried to go back. It didn't work. Why didn't it work, Sister Arnold? Why didn't it work? Holy, because, listen, the reason we can't go back is because God called us out. And Satan's lie is the only way you're going to be happy is to go back. You can't go back. You're not even going to enjoy sex the way you used to enjoy it. Now, I'm getting heavy at 9 o'clock. You can't do it. I know you think. I, I know what you think. I know what you think. 
might be in the dark and find out that the other person dark with you. It's just like you. God, God is good. Ain't God good? Didn't God bring us from a mighty long way? Didn't, didn't God crucify our flesh on the way? Didn't God put Christ in our minds? Didn't God give us power to live right, do right, think right? Praise be to God for delivering us from sin. Let's stay on our feet tonight. Somebody here needs to be saved. Just raise your hand. Is there one or join the church? One. Tomorrow's our men's retreat. Pray for all of our men. We're going to have a great time. About 145 men are going up looking for a high time in the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Buses leave at 10 o'clock. Keep us in prayer. Sunday is our second Sunday. Buses go out, bring back in. Uh, and we're having our new members orientation as well as our discipleship, meal, and classes. Father, in the name of Jesus, as we look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and think about the admonitions and think about the privileges you have given them and they needed to have caution. Give us the cautionary measurements with all the privileges you have given us because where much is given, much is required. Help us to be at peace with you and peace with ourselves. Help us to surrender to you and not let Satan lie to us that we're missing something. Thank you for keeping us alive in spite of ourselves. Bless every family on the sound of my voice. Bless every problem. Bless the healing of one of our brothers who's in the hospital tonight. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, I couldn't go back if I wanted to.